Hi, my name is Fred Cook, and you are listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project. Now, what is it? Will you go, will you go again? Sorry. Go for it. The Wellness, okay. Wellness Project Podcast. Wellness Project Podcast. You just need to add podcast at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Fred Cook, and you are listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast and I am so delighted that one of my favourite comedians, Kelsman, That's it, yeah. Fred, Fred <laughs> Cook, <laughs> research, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Kelsman, Fred Cook decided to come on today, so Fred, thanks a million for your time and thanks for coming down to Leafy Terran Oh, it's so lovely, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, how's, the, how's the tea? That's great. Is that right? Yeah, really wonderful tea. Yeah, well that's what we pride ourselves in, you know? <laughs> yeah, can you tell whether it's berries or lions? Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> it's berries. It is berries. <laughs> wow. It's just that I have lines at home, so that if it doesn't taste like the tea at home, it has to be the other one. Well, I can guarantee it's not Aldi. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the most important thing, you know. So, yeah, thanks a million for coming on. We just had a brief conversation before we started recording about, you know, this will be episode 17 of the podcast. And as you guys who are listening to the podcast every week know, my only goal is that we will speak to each guest each week and kind of just have a nice conversation about what it is that we all do or we do to increase our wellness and what wellness basically means to us. So thanks a million to everybody who has listened to the episode so far. I really hope you're enjoying it. And um, so Fred, in terms of wellness, I mean, a lot of people who I do interview, and I had Danny O'Reilly on mm. from the Corona sitting in the seat you're in about three weeks ago. I actually accosted him in our local coffee shop yeah. and said, I love your music, man. And it got me all inspired about, you know, yeah, music is such a big part of my wellness and it is a big mm. part of your wellness as well, isn't it? Oh, I love music. You love music. Yeah, so I, do. I wanted to start by talking to you about music mm. and its impact on your life. Could you describe how you got into music? I've always loved music uh, as a child. I remember, like, I I still hear songs that were released in 1984 and I still remember them. Like, they're part of my earliest memories, yeah. uh, you know, like, uh, as a toddler. So it's... Uh, so it's and always, there's always a happy place. I think there's an association. Something that Tommy Tiernan says, that if you can return, uh, as you get older, if you're looking for happiness, if you can return to stuff that you did as a child that made you feel happy. Yeah. Uh, very can be very basic, principal things, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, sandcastles, you know, like those <laughs> yeah. basic memories, you know. Well, like, I actually watched a, Santa Claus the movie the other night. Oh, I love that movie. Do you know, yeah. so, so that, mm. that's kind of in line with what you're saying, because I had mm. that need in me that evening yeah. to go back and escape maybe from what uh, I've Exactly, I'll do it. that. I've actually, uh, that's the first movie I've seen in the cinema, so it was, oh, it was okay. a happy time. And I've often, uh, at night, you know, when I'm on my own and I'm not lonely now or Mm. Uh, but I, I remember YouTube and Santa Claus movie, just the end of it, the credits, <laughs> just to get the bit that goes, It's Christmas all over the world. I like this, like the middle of July, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but so, uh, have goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that. I love that. I love that piece of and music. And it's the sparkling uh, credits. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
You knew it was Christmas. When oh that was right. yeah, Dudley Moore and that yeah. movie. But you know, like there, there's yeah. the, there are like I guess they're the movies of our youth. Yes. You know that we return to like the movies of. Uh, my father's youth would be it's a wonderful life or something mm. like that so he'll get very sentimental in that yeah. and uh, I guess my younger brother's Harry Potter tree so he gets emotional watching that so, so. Yeah, we can't really relate to the people who's because exactly. uh, we're both yeah. 35 aren't we yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to be going to be 37 oh what am I talking about yeah I'm going to be 36 in Saturday yeah don't don't so give your years a, away man. I know <laughs> yeah 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 I love what you said there though like and that's something that nobody has actually said on the podcast yet and that is the impact of music well not just music but I suppose experiences on mm. music and everything that we've been through from our younger years yeah now as you know I'm training to be a psychotherapist so a lot of the training that we do is about talking to people yeah. being active listeners with people but we would talk a lot to clients about difficult times mm. in their childhood that are still impacting them yeah. in a maladaptive way in their later life. So it never actually occurred to me that, yes, that it, the opposite is true yeah, as well. Association, isn't yeah. it? That it kinda, it's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, the, 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 there's a lot to be said for that. You know, I love dancing and I'm mad mm. about Michael Jackson and I still <laughs> am. Like, there's nothing I haven't... I've exhausted myself with him because, unfortunately, over the last few years, there's been nothing new. And uh, <laughs> he's so God selfish. I know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Where is he, anyway? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Actually, when he did die, I didn't believe it because I said, this is be, this will be this would be the type of thing Michael Jackson would do. You know what I mean? Like, as far as PR. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, then, you know, it sunk in. And uh, yeah. But, you know, dancing for me was always, was always great because uh, uh, I... I just love rhythm and I love the offbeat of rhythm and the funk uh, yeah. of a beat uh, and and the thinking. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what part of the brain it comes from. Well, it's probably a similar part to your brain that you know that responds so well to music. Yeah, you know, like yeah. the metronome effect of the beat. Exactly. The, as, you yeah. said, as you rightly said, which I love as well, the offbeat. Yeah, that catches mm. you by surprise. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. you're doing stand up now. Eleven years, is it? I'm doing it probably ten years. Ten, ten years, years this yeah. year. And yeah. I know. I know, know that from going to see you live in the international and Vicar mm. Street, and I was really surprised when you started using your guitar. Now you'll probably t- say to me, oh, "I've been using my guitar for all of my gigs." For two games. years, for three years, I didn't use any music. Well, that's when I yeah. saw you first. I think. Yeah, yeah. And then I think over the past couple of years, you brought the guitar in, and I was absolutely so struck by how actually good you were on the guitar oh, and how thanks. you integrated mm. it with the comedy. It gave me. It gave me a flow. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? It kind of, it gave me, music gave me this, uh, I could fall into music and fall out. And the nice thing is that with the guitar, it's there in front of you, you know what I mean? You don't have to walk to it like a piano or you don't have to <laughs> bend down to it. it. It hangs nicely. So is it like a protective so, barrier in a way? Uh, no, it's not. I used to, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't use the guitar for the first two years, three years. And people would often say it. I used to think it was a crutch. Oh, okay. I used to think that. And yeah. I was quite snobby about it. But then I went, right. I think Joe Rooney gig on stage once I cried laughing with him doing the guitar and I realised you can pretend to be like a tragic pop star you know uh, when you got the guitar I seemed to yeah. mention and I felt but my music the way I integrate music and comedy is yeah. it's the opposite of singer-songwriters because if you see someone like Glenn Hansard on stage uh, or maybe Damien Dempsey like they've got a wonderful character yeah. or early Billy Connolly before he started doing comedy before mm. when he was on his banjo mm. uh, there were singer-songwriters and in between the songs they would tell a joke or a yarn, mm. and then move on to the song. Yeah. I'm like those singer-songwriters, only I don't have the songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> that's what I'm like. <laughs> so, so it, it, no, I just feel like that. I do have a few yeah, songs, but, you but it's well not about. You think you're doing yourself a disservice? Oh then. yeah, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I do have songs. You don't take them seriously, but I don't care about getting into them that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, it's more my my musical comedy is very quick, and it's a very. Uh, it's quick par- musical parody that gets me on to another joke or something gotcha. like that. Gotcha. So it's, uh, yeah. I've often felt if, uh, like, when lads are tuning their guitars, singers, songwriters, and because I've often put my guitar on me, I got so used to it, and I haven't actually got into the musical <laughs> stuff. So I just ended up being this lad who was tuning the guitar for 20 minutes and having a laugh with the crowd, and then I, I put the guitar down and walk off stage. So <laughs> they're uh, sitting there yeah. not realizing that <laughs> you had Exactly. Them. And th- Dad said to me once after a gig in Oldcastle, and I was starting to headline gigs then, so it was a good moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, Dad's good, and it goes over Mom's head. She was at the gig as well, as well. And Dad came up to me after the gig, and uh, Dad says, uh, "And it was a good gig." And Dad goes, "Fair play to you, and you're very lucky because even if the gig doesn't go well, you can always sing a song for the audience. You know, you can always <laughs> actually, you can not, do that." He's, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of you know because you've been doing, mm. as you said you've been doing it for ten years now. Mm. So do you see yourself going forward in terms of mixing music and comedy? Is that what it is for you that you love the most? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I, I, I love the music aspect of it, and I'm getting more back into the music aspect of it. Okay. Uh, I'm learning the euphonium. I used to play the euphonium when I was in the Celt Silver Band as a child. The what now? Uh, euphonium. It's a brass instrument that you kind of crest. It's like a small tuba. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, so I wouldn't mind uh, taking that on stage for the crack because yeah. uh, I just think it'd be very funny to be uh, the, the, the visual, uh, visually see a yeah. singer-songwriter who plays the tuba. And he has to do solos like Sweet Child of Mine, you know, and then he has to start singing on top of that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's very demanding. It's like a three-stage process. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That can only be hilarious. Exactly. But when I look at Bill Bailey, the whole argument about, is it a, what did you say, is it a, is it a shield or is it a... Um, I said, is this a, yeah, is it a shield? Yeah, some pe- I think some comedians do use it as that, you know what I mean? And yeah. at times I have, if I've, if I've been completely honest, but uh, I think when I look at people like Bill Bailey... I look at people like uh, to mention, uh, you know, Joe Rooney is a mention again. Yeah. Uh, so many great Rich Hall, yes. some great guitar yeah. comedians. Uh, jokes are like uh, it's all about the joke. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you get there or what you use. Yeah. It's all about the joke. Yeah. I mean, I remember Charlie McGettigan said this to me in an interview once. About it. It's a bit <laughs> of a crutch, and I, I, I kind of said to him, "Well, then surely, like words." Uh, were words a crutch uh, after silent movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because exactly. like no one was using them. Now they're all using words. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. but basically, and I'm not using words. Just be a bit of I a crap podcast. Like, yeah, like, like, words are great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about it's all about the joke, yeah. and uh, you know, slapstick can be quite intelligent, ironically. Yeah. Uh, if it's done right. Well, you do. You definitely do it right. Oh, thank you. Like, thank as, you. I, as I said to you at the start of the podcast. Or before we came on air, you know, I, I've been looking at wellness over the past mm. four months. For me, particularly over the past three years, I'm big into music myself. You can see the guitar over there, but I'm also mm. massively into comedy. So when I sat in the international and you walked up on stage with the guitar, I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, this doesn't get any better." And yeah. it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was really fantastic. Thank you so much. So we kind of went off on a bit of a tangent there because I kind of remember we started talking about how music had impacted you as yeah. as a child and um, how highly do you rate that in terms of 
you know, creativity impacting how happy you are and how well you are as a person? I think I was very lucky with music uh, because, you know, that vulnerable age when you're 13 or 14 and you start going to gigs and uh, you might have your first few drinks then, yeah. 15, 16, and, uh, but I was kind of lucky that, you know, I'd go to Blur, I'd go to Radiohead 95, 96, yeah. and it was about the music. Yes. It wasn't about sitting in a field <laughs> drinking cans. Yeah. You know what I mean, which is, yeah, yeah. It, which can be quite claustrophobic mm. and uh, and boring. And I'm not saying it's unhealthy. Do you know what I mean? I'm not giving out about it. Yeah. You know, I've gone bushy. I've had drinks. You know what I mean, without anything to do. Yeah. But I always felt that my 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 social events mm. uh, was about music. Yes. And the friends that I met through that was music, yeah. and uh, it, was, it was very healthy. And good. So music kind of helped me in that aspect uh, to find myself. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> but I really did try, like trying to support a football team I had no interest in, you know, at an <laughs> yeah. early age. You know, yeah, like remember yeah, listening yeah. to Rage Against the Machine when I was 14. You know, life yeah. was going pretty okay for me, you know what I mean? So it was kind of <laughs> like, you know, like, killing and did not like, hey, I'm not doing any homework for anybody, you know. <laughs> But you were finding yourself. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you I mean, if you could find it. yourself through something like that, then yeah. surely that is the epitome of wellness. Completely, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Because I always feel, and I feel this about energy levels, I always mm. feel it, uh, like, uh, on a social structure, you know, it's uh, it's the energy levels that you fit in with, or you mightn't fit in with, which can be interesting as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah well, they're both two different types of energy. Though. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was kind of like, I remember, because I was such a big Michael Jackson fan, and then I went and uh, I went from Michael Jackson to the Cranberries. Like after, in 93, uh, when all the allegations came out about Michael Jackson, I was kind of becoming a teenager as well. Yeah. So, you know, it I kind of lo- exactly lost interest. And yeah. uh, I always defended him, and I still, you know, yeah. respected him. So I went to the Cranberries, and then went into therapy, 95, not the, not actual therapy, but the band therapy from Northern Ireland. Well, I highly and recommend the, therapy for everybody, so you, you, you can be honest <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> it would be class if you went for therapy and it was just three lads from Northern Ireland playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going insane, I can't remember my old name. You're like, what's the so, question mark yeah. for? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, what is life, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so music has always been there for you then. Yeah, yeah, it has. I happen to believe that it is, well, for me personally, again, like with the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast, mm. neither me nor my guests ever are telling people what they need to do, but we can only speak of our own experience, yeah. you know, and yeah. I think that's been the beautiful thing about every episode so far. But for me, certainly, there's been nothing bigger than music. I have, I was yeah. also similar to you, a very big Michael Jackson fan, was moonwalking. And mm. My mom <laughs> listens to all of these, and she can verify this. I was moonwalking when I was six years old at my granny's 16th oh, birthday party, yeah. you know. There's footage that nobody will see, but that's, <laughs> that's for another day. Yeah, and I just think that, I love what you said there about music was the medium through which you found yourself. Yeah. Do you still think that, because we're always fi- yeah, re- refinding ourselves. Yeah. At the moment, I'm reading loads of uh, Irish uh, liter- literature that I haven't read before, like, you know, like Bee King or, or modern literature. Uh, so I'm, try- I'm trying to, you know, like, just, just find myself through that at the moment yeah. now. And, uh, but, you know, with stand-up comedy, like, I, I love comedy as well. I love music. I love performing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I often felt that, uh, you know, on a day, like, obviously I'm, I'm ambitious and I, I want to be somewhere in a certain amount of years and I've, I've always had that. Yeah. Uh, but on a day-to-day basis, as far as well-being, yeah. uh, I'm very lucky to have stand-up comedy. Like, I'm very lucky that the genre exists 
that I can because on a basic level there's an awful lot to be said for getting outside of the house just to be clear listeners we're talking about being well by just walking out of the house and it's, having something you're passionate about yeah, that is actually a really yeah. important no it is part, it's true it's, and I do, I do, it is absolutely true like uh it's like golf. Like I was never. I couldn't play golf. I can't play soccer. You know, I can play guitar and piano. Like so, mm. that's it. Uh, so I try to incorporate that. But it's uh, it's just you know. And people always say, uh, "Oh, it must be so lonely." Comedy. You know, it must be so. Uh, Do people always so, say that? Yeah, they go. Well, it's a lonely thing because you're on your own. And they say there's an association of depression and comedians as well, mm. uh, which I think, and it is there. Like you know what I mean? It's not like uh, now. Thankfully, you know. I hope not, but I'm I, I feel I'm pretty okay. That's good. Uh, I think uh, I think it's romanticized a like, lot. Sorry, do people say that to you so much that sometimes you kind of go off and you're able to go, oh Jesus? Maybe there is something wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're googling symptoms, mm. and one of them is being a stand-up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh, <laughs> it must be annoying to have people say that all the time, though, is it? Uh, no, it's fine because I, I I I explain truth what, what exactly what I'm saying now, and it's like. I'm, do you know, like, I was, I have so many great friends in comedy. Yeah. Like, great friends that I wouldn't have if I didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and, like, so it's... Uh, and I've got great friends in music. I've, do you know, I come from Kells. And I think holding on to your friends is everything. Right. And phone calls and talking to your friends. Because, as, as you know yourself, it's good to have people from the outside looking in. Yeah. You know, and uh, you can be so, so busy and So you mean people that will be outside of... of your sphere, what mm, you're doing, mm, or what any of the listeners yeah. are doing, to have people who are exactly. detached from that. Like the only time you really talk about yourself uh, is when you're talking to your friends when they ask you how you are. Yeah. Like when you think about it, like yeah, unless yeah. you, you know, like you might obviously we all to kind of talk to ourselves a bit, but uh, to talk to your friends and your friend to say how are you and for your friend to continue that conversation with another question on top of it, right? And another, it's kind of it's it's indirect therapy. Oh yeah, isn't it like yeah, it's uh, it and it's a, it's it's a beautiful energy to have, and that's why friends are so important. Mm. And as you know, my parents are fantastic, and like as you can see, they've done a wonderful job. I can see but, that, uh, listeners. You can't see it, but I can see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see this guy. <laughs> well, you 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 know, there, there's not the you, you, there's conversations you can have with your friends you you could never have with your parents. Right. Uh, yeah. I think so. You know what I mean? Oh, like definitely. you know, like there yeah. is that. You know, and yeah. so you need that. But I think what you're talking about there, and it's something that has come up quite a lot, is, you know, it's it's kind of assumed that you're going to do that. But I know from personal experience, mm. say, if I'm going through a bad patch, I know from friends' personal experience, I know from talking to people on this podcast, the hardest time to do that, to answer that question, how are you, is yeah. when you're feeling yeah. down. Mm. You know, because in Ireland, as you know, like me and you are 35, Fred, we don't, men of our age and younger and older mm. they don't really think to themselves okay shit i haven't talked to john in a while i haven't mm. talked to yeah. Stephen in yeah. a while and then we don't have that way that women certainly do of keeping in contact exactly and yeah. each other up so i'm kind of preaching that's the one thing i am preaching on the podcast quite a lot mm. is if you are feeling really really down please just reach out to the guys yeah. because they will support you mm. and if you have nobody to reach out to guys send me an email on dan kill wellness project and i'll talk to you yeah I'm a friend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think it's an important message yeah, you're to great get artist, out there. Definitely, it? Yeah, it we is. Have to. And i got to say to you, your parents definitely did a great job. It all seriousness now because I reached out to you about this podcast and you straight away said, 
Absolutely. I thought no I was getting paid for it, man. <laughs> I yeah, thought I was getting paid. I'm paying them, I'm paying them sparkling water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but do you know what I mean? And, you know, it's it's very important to me that we get that message out there that no mm. matter how people are feeling, that it's okay to yeah. feel how you feel. Yeah. To help people get an awareness that, you know, oh, God, maybe I haven't been reaching out as much as I could have. I know, yeah, I yeah, that's really important, especially for even, men of Ireland. Yeah, even when you're saying this now, I'm thinking of friends that I want to, I want to ring. Yeah, that's nice. Do you know, like, so uh, that's really nice. I have that, I have that in me, like so. So, in terms of um, stand up and ten years of us now, mm. you're still raring to go. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't like I haven't. You friend. said you're very ambitious. Yeah, which I think is another very important part of wellness. But we'll get on to that. Yeah, later. yeah, I, I am. Like I've got two, as I said, on a day to day basis, it really suits me. Yeah, and then like you know, you've got. Uh, you know, and then you've got, like, you got two-year plans, three-year plans. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but, do you know, if I, at the moment, like, uh, without sounding egotistical, I love being Fred Cook at the moment. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be anyone else. That's not egotistical at all, but yeah, yeah. this I is know, an Irish yeah. thing. I know, you're right, you're right, you're dead right. You just, mm. you know, you put the, pr- the, the warning nearly mm. on that. Say it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the whole thing. No, but I do. No, but I'm I very happy when I say that. When I say that, I've, I've just, yeah. I've got wellness inside of me. Like that, I am happy yeah. to be Fred Cook. Like you know, I, I enjoy it, but I enjoy it through my social situation, mm. through the activity of work, yeah. and uh, and fun. So, uh, so that's you know, it's uh, and I'm kind of I'm lucky to have that. But you know, you, you, if you've got one, if you've got one uh, decent friend, you know, you, you're blessed. Yeah. Definitely. I'm as I said to you before we came on air as well, I, I started this podcast in April mm. because I had a burning desire to do a podcast. I just didn't have a narrow enough focus and Dave Moore from Today FM is coming on next oh, week. Oh brilliant Love Dave. And he gave me great advice. He said, Dude, because I was kind of badgering on the go, How do I become a radio DJ? Yeah. On Twitter, you know, asking him. He's like you know, responding as he always does, he's wonderful for mm. giving advice out. But he gave me a great piece of advice at the start of doing this, and he said, You have to have a narrow focus for what you want to do, you have to have a, a clean mm. message mm. for why you're doing it. And I think I've developed that with this podcast. And but the question I want to ask you regarding that is in terms of the creative process, mm. like what is your what are your ideas about the creative process and how do you keep yourself taken over in terms of coming up with new material? Yeah. And do you do do you do other writing other than for your stand up? Yeah, I do. I do uh, other stuff as well. I think generally, uh, uh, for me, I think uh, I need to be of 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 healthy mind, which is like not hungover. Because I'm just at this day, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm 25 now. Like, yeah. uh, so I need to. Uh, so uh, without without sounding sanctimonious, I'm only talking about myself here. You know what I mean? I think kind of. Uh, you know, working out a bit, just getting the endorphins jumping around my head. You know yeah. what I mean? Getting some fresh air into my head. Yeah. Uh, I'm really good. Ironically, the creative process is good for me if I sleep over something, okay. if I leave it, and come back to it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm always putting stuff on my phone, and yes. I'll go back and I'll go back and gig, and I was looking out as far as the creative process over the last year. I had so much stage time because I've been supporting Tommy Tiernan. Yes. So uh, I think. Comedy is like a mind muscle. Okay. And the only way to uh, it's actually like uh, if you can think of a physical muscle, need, you need to keep working out. You need to keep working out to have it there. You know what I mean? Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. So it's uh, so it's so you need to have that muscle active. 
Right, okay. And uh, keeping yourself interested, and this isn't a selfish uh, thing, uh, it's actually good for the audience, but I think it's more important as a comedian or an artist uh, to keep yourself interested more so than your audience. Yeah, because obviously the stuff you're talking about now is from your personal experience exactly. related to writing for yeah. stand-up comedy and some other writings, but it mm. actually is applicable across all creative mediums, mm. whether it's songwriting, joke writing, you know, speech writing, Completely, yeah. blog, bloggers, and I have a lot of experience with listening to Tony Robbins. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tony I've Robbins. I've heard of Tony Robbins, yeah. Big, gravelly voice, charges two million quid to be a life coach type guy. But he said this one thing before that always stuck with me. And he says, if you're going to be engaged in any creative process, you have to write for the waste paper basket. Mm. So he was pretty much saying what you were saying now. So you're the Irish Tony Robbins. Oh, thank you. Thanks a million. Well, so you can charge two million for... Uh, I think that's what Graham Lennon said about writing as well. Like he said that... Uh, he with the same kind of feeling as well, that, uh, you know, write, just do it, and don't question it, like, there's, I know I read this other book called Stand Up Comedy Bible, which really had me as a comedian, it gave me structure, okay. it was really lacking on it, as you can see from the early days, and, uh, but, yeah, but there was uh, a beauty in that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, but it couldn't go on forever, like, well, like a toddler trying to walk you, <laughs> exactly, God love me, hit his head again, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was that, and, uh, but so, it's so good that stream of conscience, the stand-up comedy bible, stand and uh, uh, it was, uh, but uh, like there's there's a lot to be said for the stream of conscience writing, just opening mm. up those gates, and you can do that on a, on a blank page, you know, and, and don't question it, like just write, yeah. you know what I mean? It's uh, like if it feels wrong, or like it's, it's just you're trying to you're just trying to, uh, yeah. it's not it's not the definitive uh, thing you're going to put out, yeah, you know, and even if. No one ever hands in their first draft. Yes. But at least you've got a starting point. Yeah. You know, and it's exactly. and it's a, it's not a confidence thing. I think sometimes confidence can be a, a, a dangerous thing in comedy. I'm not saying not to have confidence, mm. but there's that fine line between confidence and uh, thinking you're the thinking you're the thinking you're the big balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean when yeah. it's uh, and that's and that's so it's you're talking confidence. about process here. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You have so to have a process of creativity. Yeah. And obviously, like this all links back into feeling that you're doing a good job, feeling that you're putting the work into your creativity, in my opinion, fills me up and I overflow. You yeah. Know, whether I'm learning the guitar, the piano, whether I'm writing a blog for the Dankyo Wellness Project, I haven't ventured into stand-up comedy yet. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, it's all the creative process. Yeah. My biggest block certainly has been wanting the first draft to be perfect. Yeah. So how do we get over that? What's your advice for people to get over that? Well, I'm lucky with stand up because I get a I get a quick I get a quicker response than most people. You know, <laughs> like I can do it on stage, and I know quickly if it doesn't work or if it doesn't. And I record. Would you be, would you be sitting down like cracking up at something you've written, and then it wouldn't go well on stage? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and I've and I've and it hasn't worked, and then I've come back uh, with the right element of phrasing. Uh, to realise oh, okay. that I didn't explain the joke properly, you so know, you might have left stuff. something out or yeah, something. yeah. I remember one of my first jokes. Uh, I was like, "Mom telling me to go to bed." This is like ten years ago. Mom telling me to go to bed, and I couldn't wait to see the boogeyman. And uh, but I was like, I thought that was great. You know what I mean? Like, but I didn't explain it, and then I didn't explain well, it. I laughed. I know. Yeah, but sometimes it kind of worked. 
But I remember like a week later I came back and it was like just upstairs in the Hapney Bridge and it was like, yeah. oh, as a toddler in the 19 funkadelic 70s when mom told me to go to bed, I couldn't wait to see that boogie man. That's what I'm talking about, you know? And yeah. the, the content's there. Gotcha. To, the surface is there for the joke to yeah. take off. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, so the audience will tell you, with stand-up, yeah. the audience will tell you more at times about the joke than you actually realise yourself. Sometimes yeah. in every joke there's actually a more honest truth to the core of it. Right. And if you can find that and work from there, like, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you're kind of on the right road. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with writing, I don't know, like with blogging and... Uh, I, no, I think what you're saying and is... And singing-songwriting, I don't know, I don't know either. But I like think really. it's a similar dynamic. Yeah. Because you yeah. have to, first of all, there's more tea there, by, by the way, if you want some more. Oh, no, you're, I wouldn't give you the satisfaction, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll only have one now. Mm. Put a hot drop in yes. there, will <laughs> I think, from mm. a novice's point of view, from a social care worker, counsellor and training's point of view, is that you have to write from a place of honesty yeah now the comedians that i don't like and the songwriters that i don't like mm. i know that they're not doing that yeah so it doesn't resonate with me but that doesn't mean it doesn't resonate with the millions of other people that's mm. again it's a personal mm. thing i just love that you said that about you there's there's a nugget of honesty and truth yeah and then you give context around it mm. and that's how you build on it is it yeah like that's the nice thing about stand-up you know who said it? Uh, oh, what's his name? He's brilliant. Curb enthusiasm. Larry Davis. Oh, Larry Davis. <laughs> he says, you know, like no one. I'm not going to talk about being a, a sex stallion. Do you know on stage? I'm not going to. No, sex no one, stallion. Yeah. <laughs> Did he say yeah. that? No, no, he's something like that. And no one's going to believe him. You know what I mean? No one's yeah. going to believe that he's this sex god. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they want the honesty. Yeah. They want the gutter. Do you know? Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Like yeah. they want. That's what they want. And yeah. So it's kind of nice like that. You know, I'm thirty. I feel I'm thirty five now. I'm only coming into my own. Now, mm. uh, you know, and I've 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 a bit of weight on me, and I'm losing my hair. You know what I mean? So I'll never I'll never be that Justin Timberlake. Uh, you know, as he said, with singer songwriters. Even though I think, I think Justin Timberlake wrote a lot of his last album himself. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. Like you know what it was, and it was and, and it was more honest. It was. It really was, and that it, that's what we're talking about right there. Like yeah. it was honest, and the uh, I think Usher gave him that advice. He just went like oh, okay. just. Just whatever about the media, like just fuck it, like you know, just yeah. work on the work on the music. Yeah. Look after and, and and your audience, you and your audience. That's all that matters, really. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. and then after that, you've got friends, and uh, you yeah. know, you, you need to look after yourself. <laughs> but, uh, and they'll tell you if you're shy. Yeah. If you look after, <laughs> I think jokes are a bit like you know. Obviously, you know, I like to get paid in comedy. I want tonight. Yeah, of course, but, it's uh, your job. For exactly. But uh, you know, if you you need to look after the jokes. And uh, they're a bit like pennies jokes because you need to. You know, people always say look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. Right, it's okay. the same with jokes. Look after the jokes and the pounds will look after themselves. Ah, you know good. what I mean? I, yeah. I, that's what I personally feel myself. Yeah. Now it's hard. It's, it's okay for me to say that now. It's been full time seven years. Yeah, but I mean, you, you work know. very hard to get to where you're at. Yeah, but it's there. You know Just I mean? look. But it's there if you keep at it. You know, I mean, it's 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 very it's a, it's very frustrating when when other comedians tell other comedians that you know you need to find your voice. You don't know what it is yet. Finding your voice, and it's really—you just have to go up there and do it, yeah. do it, and like know. the writing process, you gotta exactly. just sit down and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just write, write, and and even you know, Chris can't give a good advice. You do the bubble writing, you know, put the theme in the middle. Yeah, and it's not like I don't write across. Sometimes I have to, like for TV, you know, like, mm. but uh, no, it's just bubbles and ideas. Yeah, and I, I, I look at a blank page, 
I could look at it for for. It's hard for me to do that. You know what I mean? Because my attention span can be small enough at the best of times. But uh, if I'm laughing and I'm still looking at the page, I'm de- <laughs> I know I'm definitely onto a good thing because it's a uh, yeah. That's actually one of my favorite parts of uh, your style of comedy, actually, which and which makes me just feel so happy is you all. Well, in my experience, obviously, yeah. in your life, you always crack up before the punchline. <laughs> I think so. I'm yeah. laughing already, and yeah. uh, eight times out of fifteen, I've missed the punchline because I'm laughing at the fact that you're. <laughs> it's so it's so it's one, wonderful. It's the one thing that I do. It's the one rule that I've decided to try out the window that people people always say oh, comedians no. shouldn't laugh at their own jokes. Oh really? But I've, yeah, but I've, oh. I've I've heard of that. But you know, and I've been reviewers have just. They've never destroyed me, but they've criticised me yeah. in a negative way for going. Yeah. Well, at least he thinks he's funny, you know, you know that kind yeah. of shit. Like, yeah. but well, that's actually a really interesting segue onto my next question. And you guys, thanks a million for tuning in to episode seventeen of the Dan Kiel Wellness Project podcast. I'm sitting here with the wonderful Fred Cook, who is so happy to be Fred Cook at the moment. Which yeah, I love delicious. that you said that. <laughs> um, and I spoke in episode sixteen to one of my mentors in fitness, Meg Brown, and she was talking yesterday about. Once you reach, she she reached massive followers on Facebook. Mm. She said once it got after fifty thousand, she couldn't have any more robust conversations with people yeah. because it was just too hard. There was just too many people who yeah. had too many opinions. And she said something really cool, which is like, people don't ever admit they're wrong on social media. Yeah, because it's just you go to it, you come away yeah. from it, you get a notification, you go back, and she mm. got really pissed off with that. So what she has done now is taken a step back from it. Yeah. So my question to you, in terms of your own wellness, Fred, as an entertainer, mm. as one of the funniest men I've ever met, is how do you manage that part of your life in terms of Facebook, Twitter, social media? Do you find that they are positives, or do you find? Oh that you yeah, have Facebook. To, do you Facebook's have to step very back positive. Twitter mightn't be. I mean, like. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed any more friends on Facebook now. I've hit my max on my personal page. Yeah, like it's funny. But I was even what saying that like five five thousand. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But like these are my these are people who wanted you know like either like we became friends. It's not yeah. going to be negative. You know what I mean? Like the kind yeah. of because they're they're registered friends on Facebook. Like I know it's yeah. they're, they're digital friends. Like digital it's ridiculous friends. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. build like my secondary school in Cavan. Like the building. Like. Uh, wanted to be my friend on Facebook, like, and I'm like, come on, like, the building, are you joking with me, like, and I'm like, and I'm, you know, write messages to the building, like, uh, are you coming out, I'll be in Calvin Town, and, like, he's coming, getting back to me, going, I can't go anywhere, I'm a building, <laughs> so, so, I'm a bit weathered, exactly, yeah, yeah, and I'm writing messages back, oh, I haven't seen you in 20 years, you haven't changed a bit, fair play to you, you're looking great, yeah, yeah, is the, is the <laughs> tissue paper that we threw up at the scene is still there, <laughs> God's sake. But Twitter as well, you know, can be... Uh, I don't go Googling myself. I used to. Uh, you know, I don't go tweaking my name either. And, you know, you kind of... Uh, I think... But, you know, sometimes you got to take the bad with the good as well. Yeah. Like, there's no point, uh, you know, having a song and dance about all the nice reviews and all the yeah. all the nice gigs yeah. and then crying when someone doesn't like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the important thing is to keep working. And remember right. why you did it in the first place. Is what we returned to the very start of this, but yeah. returning to those feelings of what's important yeah. and what makes you happy. And what yeah. made me feel happy was making people laugh in college. That's where it started. Uh, okay. And I didn't know I could do it. Like, there's three, 300 people in, so in the theatre. before you left secondary school, you didn't know? No, I wanted to be a rock star. 
I wanted to be, Fair uh, yeah, I wanted to be, but I, I realised like, I can't sing, and what? I can't sing. No, I actually can sing properly. Oh, you know, through yeah, that's that's comedy singing. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? It's not like uh, through a proper PA system uh, <laughs> with a band each side <laughs> of me. Earpiece. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but I, I, I had a great love for comedy, and I like making people laugh. I love surfing that energy, yeah. and uh, trying to get people to a, a wave of hilarity where it gets funnier and funnier. Yeah. And then, you know, like the... There's nothing, like, it. There's nothing exactly. like being in the audience. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine what it's like oh, to it's, be it's the wonderful. giver of that gift. It's amazing. And it feels so... It is... I, I don't do it for therapy, but it is very it's therapeutic. therapeutic. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, I remember coming off stage two months ago, the Body and Soul Festival. Oh, yeah. And I live right beside the Body and Soul Festival in Kells. So uh, I, I kind of guitar on my back. and was kind of walking through the rain. Yeah. Uh, and I never felt as happy. I had no oh, sense of guilt. Wow. I had no felt sense of my past or the future. I just felt very content in that moment. Wow. And, uh, you know, like I don't do drugs or stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, so, so but I might as well... It might as well... Yeah, I just felt so nice. Uh, no reviewer can take that away from me. Mm. You know what I mean? And no reviewer can make me stop doing comedy. Mm. That's, the, that's the beautiful thing about stand-up or art. Uh, yes. You know, that uh, no one can ultimately stop you doing it. No, they can't. You know, the, so you can, you can, you just keep and look after what's important to you. Yeah. Uh, look after the jokes, and the career will look after itself. Right. right. Uh, but but care for it. You have to care for it. Yeah. You know, it's a. It's and through caring for it, you're caring for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that I speak about a lot on the podcast, and something that I'm obviously like everybody else. We got have our ups and downs, you know. Mm. And my big thing at the moment will be how, what can, what action can I take each and every day to show myself that I care for myself. Yeah. So yeah. one of those things I've exercised two hundred and forty days in a row this year. Brilliant. Took a good bit of weight. Yeah. You know, building loads of muscles. Yeah. But that for me, it's so much more than, <coughs> excuse me, the weight loss or the body change. It's it's that visceral action. Yeah. Of doing something every day. And I do stress the everyday thing because habits are mm. easy to lose. They're yeah. difficult to build and easy to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I just love the way you describe that feeling of walking through the rain in, in mm. body and soul and being present. Yeah. That's another thing that yeah. I have spoken about as well. As obviously, you can't be completely present all mm. of the time because you never do anything then. Yeah. But yes. to be able to capture that mm. and talk to me a couple of months later about it, yeah, so I haven't wonderful. told anyone yet. I've oh, had I've so had before. Wonderful. I've had a gig in Mountjoy Prison with Willow White and Eric Lauder, and I remember leaving it. I was living quite close. I was walking through the snow, and it's so peaceful and relaxed. But I just felt, God, this that was such a beautiful moment. There was such oh. crack and and love involved in it, like. Yeah. Uh, but so it's uh, and so you yeah. and you captured that, and you have it forever. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because mm. what Danny O'Reilly actually highlighted in his episode was the ability to be aware of those moments mm. like he obviously talks about playing at the three arena and you know when he writes a song like um heroes or ghosts yeah i love that song that i butcher all the time i don't mm. <clears throat> i love singing it anyway and but he described the feeling of people singing it back to him yeah ten thousand people though singing mm. it back to him but i kind of felt i don't like i don't have people telling me my jokes back on stage so <laughs> Oh, please. So it's one massive heckle. And, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. You were describing that moment of body and soul reminded me of what Danny was saying about having put the effort in. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> An effort into something you love by virtue of that showing yourself that you love yourself and then having that feedback. Yeah. And being present afterwards and just kind of... 
Exactly, yeah. Taking it all in. And he actually mentioned, because you said you don't do drugs, he mentioned that mm. he never drinks before gigs anymore mm. because he doesn't want to rob no, himself. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. want to rob yeah. himself yeah. or null himself down, sorry, dull himself down from that experience. And I just found that so powerful when mm. he said that. So it's kind of like a very similar thing that you're saying. There. Yeah, like, either, either do I now. Like, I kind of, uh, but, you know, like, I'd imagine like like Danny as well, because like, he's gigging all the time. Yeah. That if you if you didn't want to drink before every gig, you know what I mean. Yeah. It might be. Uh, oh God, I sound much. Might you know like because he might gig around five times a week. I don't know. Like I don't know. Yeah, you can't do you can't do it every day, can you? Yeah, I know. Unless you're Keith Richards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that he's a yeah. He's probably the exception to the norm, isn't saw, he? Like, but they're all the four that the four oh, those yeah. guys are exception to the norm. So I saw brilliant. Uh, you've probably seen it. The joke. Uh, what kind of world are we going to leave for Keith Richards? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's just a picture of him yeah. with a fag out of his mouth. That's and it's just a caption. And so you're oh, expecting it to be like, what, what kind of world are we leaving for our children? But it's just Keith Richards like, in yeah. an absolute joke. You know, well, Jackie Mason says, I think he was 84 and he, when he did this show, he was in Record Street, a New York comedian. He goes, I'm so, I'm so fucking famous, my girlfriend isn't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like 84 or something. So like, she's not you even... probably had a fag hanging out. <laughs> he did, yeah, before the, yeah. before the smoking ban. So, man, what's coming up for you? What are you doing? Um, many fest, many I am, many festivals? yeah. I'm playing the Electric Picnic, which I can't wait. Oh, I'm, I'm so first jealous. on. I asked to do that. I asked, could I go on first on the Saturday? So I've got the whole weekend. Uh, no, see, this is the kind of advice that people can't get on normal day to day life. That's clever. Yeah. So you have the rest of the mm-hmm. weekend then to enjoy the But I, I just know what your experience you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, uh, like oh my, I did a comedy tent maybe three years ago and at the same time Hosier was on the main stage and uh, all I could hear was take me to church and maybe four of my cousins looking up at me going, oh God, I don't know about this. You know, like so, but that's, that's experience, isn't it? That's, that's the Absolutely. thing. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm in the, the electric picnic and uh, I'm uh, doing Wheelands in November. For two nights. Deadly. I haven't got the dates yet. Uh, I'm going to record that show. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and then, uh, what else? <laughs> I'm doing Core Comedy Festival. Lovely. I'm doing a gig for the Down Syndrome Centre in Fricker Street. Oh, with Eric Lawler, who's coming on. So yeah. So you'll probably He's mention it as well. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I can't wait to but chat to Eric. Do you know, as you say about wellness, Eric is a wonderful friend. And I love yeah. hanging out with him. Oh, it's a good cool. laugh. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, I've, I've, makes... seen, I've seen you both post about each other. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. The look of fear on his face when he was in your car for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably a bit sick about people asking you about uh, learning how to drive at 35, are you? No. No, not, not at all. It? Well, I, I found it kind of strange that, like, lads, Top Gear kind of heads were coming up to me. And it's not my thing. You know what I mean? Like, cars isn't my yeah. thing, really. It was just... I you just, just felt, needed to learn how to drive. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, you know, people give me advice about driving and insurance and... and uh, So did you just have this blank look when they uh, were coming up to you? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I know it was fine. I think, uh, I think that documentary, it could... And it was my own fault. Uh, it could have been funnier. The, the, the thing was, it was budgeted as a reality bites. Which yeah. is it's a kind of it's a real you know education yeah. uh, thing yeah. that comes out for she so normally goes out on a Thursday night yeah. but because I did stand up in it uh, and I 
I arced it to be kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, you bring Ardell Hannon and Tommy Tiernan into it. You know, <laughs> it went out on a Monday night uh, yeah. after Republic Italian Hardy Bucks, <laughs> okay. right in between okay. that slot, okay. and uh, it wasn't it wasn't up to scratch. Oh really? Uh, so okay. I felt personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's honest. But you learned how to drive though. I got my full license. Yeah, yeah, I did. Congratulations on passing so, the test. Oh, I love it. There's another. There's another thing as well about uh, uh, wellness. I love driving after gigs. I love the yeah, empty roads. Yeah, I, I was listening and, uh, to your podcast with Alison Spittle. I thought it was mm, absolutely. She's gas, isn't she? Yeah, she's brilliant. Oh my god, she has me in tears most times. But um, yeah, tell me a little bit about that because that was the part I was really interested in because you described it really well. The buzz of coming off stage, then the fuzz nearly of dry, yeah, driving. Yeah, after what I is know, it about but it's that? a. I think it's a. It's it's a, it's a really good calm down because uh, because. Where did I read uh, something about uh, meditation and is it Buddha meditation or I don't know what meditation is, but if you just concentrate on the breath hmm. and think about the breath, you know what I mean? It'll not, it'll, it will relax you. Oh yeah. So, so that, uh, that's absolutely yeah. proven. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I think that uh, with me, uh, like I come off stage and I'll be buzzing. Do you know, except for that one time in Body and Soul. No, it was probably in a 40 minutes floating. after the Body and Soul when I kind of did relax. I was just walking through the rain. Yeah. Uh, I felt so zen and relaxed. Yeah. But uh, I think it's good to drive because uh, uh, even though you've come off stage, you have it separates you from what just happened. Yeah. Because uh, you have to think about the road. Yeah. But late at night, you know, it's not that demanding. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and by the time you've arrived from... You, you, your gig was at A, but... You have to arrive at B. Uh, that process, uh, it's 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 very indirectly very therapeutic. That's amazing. Yeah, that's definitely a first for the the Downkill Wellness Project yeah. podcast. It's a fir- it was a first therapy. for me as well. I, it's like, amazing. I've been gigging with Tommy Turnin for last year as well, and he loves it. Like he loves jazz and. And does he speak about fantastic. being in, in his car and his own, put the music? He's on a journeyman, just... Tommy. He needs to be up and gone. Yeah. He loves the road. Loves it. It's yeah. in him. Uh, so, and I think I have that as well, like, yeah. uh, I don't have his talent, but we share that one little thing, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have his cash, but whatever, I'm delighted, and, uh, <laughs> but it is, yes. I think, yeah. yeah, I find it more amazing with Tommy, mm. uh, when he, I heard of his journeys, like, he could gig in front of, I remember, uh, I give it two stories, I remember, like, which, Pierce Doherty was telling me about uh, Tommy. He'd be gigging in the Cork Marquee, yeah. and it's like four thousand people. <laughs> and then he, but it, he, you know, he left the stage already. People are going to take the stage down for him. Like there's people there already. Yeah. So he kind of he walks off stage, and he gets into the car, and he sits in the passenger seat, and he goes to Galway. Do you know? And four thousand people are. I'm just getting up off their seats. Do you know what I mean? And you go, how can you go from that yeah. to you know, like to Radio yeah. One? Uh, yeah. You know, and it's a. Uh, but it's a it's 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 a good thing to have. I remember Jason Byrne as well. I booked a gig for Jason uh, in Kells, and uh, he parked his car in the car park in Kells. But it was just it it was clearly it wasn't he didn't park it in the parking area. He parked it right in the middle, which yeah, was stuck, yeah. which was a hazard. But he knew that all oh, these people are here for the gig, yeah, and he's yeah. going to be the first to leave. He's not yeah. going to be in the way of anyone. Yes. and he literally came off stage. And got into the car and drove off. That's brilliant. And it's not a it's not a snobby thing, you know what I mean? It's just like no, when you're gigging all the time, like you know, you need to be yeah. you need to be gone. Absolutely. And I think what you're mm. just, like, you know, I'm constantly trying to link back stuff you're saying to our audience here and what you're describing there, like we all have the thing that we do, mm. be it me doing this podcast, you doing stand up, me and my day to day work, everybody has their jobs. 
we all need that space afterwards. Yeah. So I'm constantly encouraging people to do what I do. And I also mm. love driving, but I never actually saw it as therapeutic until yeah. I spoke to you tonight. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Because whether you have the radio on or off, you're dedicating that time to yourself, yeah. your own thoughts. Yeah. And you're focused. And you're away mm. from the hustle and bustle of what you have just You're leaving. Doing. You're leaving where you came from. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you have to go somewhere else. But it's so. the dedicated time to just you. Yeah, exactly. After yeah. giving that's, that's so much to others. You've explained it completely. That's how it works. Yeah. Like, And it's literally like a tonic for you, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I don't know if it's a tonic. Like, no, I, I mean like uh, a tonic as in it brings you down, calms you, and then you're nearly reset, exactly. reset yeah. whatever you're doing afterwards. Mm, I can sleep that night. Yeah. Like, you know, like prior to this, which hasn't been a bad thing, uh, now that now that I'm driving, like no one's offering me drink after gigs anymore. Because <laughs> everyone knows you're driving. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't worry. No, we know. It's not as it's not as much crack as it is after gigs anymore. Like, but it's you know, so it's kind yeah. of so I'm probably drinking less now and and just uh, going home. Yeah. Uh, which is, and then so you have to. I'm choosing my nights. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, so, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. I've also been choosing my nights as well and mm. I definitely know the impact of drinking less because it's just too easy to have a few points yeah, yeah. and having the car definitely helps yeah. but in terms of your wellness mental wellness I love that you just said that phrase choosing my nights yeah because you do have to do that limit it mm. I'm not a big advocate of telling people you know don't drink or don't do yeah exactly, exactly. everybody does their yeah. own thing yeah. but what has helped me is mm. I just have my Friday nights you know, or have a couple of beers, yeah. and that's it. But um, yeah, we gotta be uh, clever from that point of view, don't we? Yeah, I, I, I like it as, as everyone to themselves, and and uh, the human mind and the activity that comes from it, it. It can be quite complicated, and we 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 don't know what's going on ultimately in people's heads. You can yeah. just you can try to find out through conversation. Yeah. Uh, so so with drink and stuff, you know, I know I know some people. She also people like the recovered alcoholics and yeah. it doesn't suit them at all. Yeah. And I know other people uh, who were recovered alcoholics and then went back and they drink and I realised that what I personally think is that alcohol's not the problem, it's the person itself and behind the it. The person reacts yeah. to the alcohol. Exactly. I mean if bottles of Heineken were people to be going to AA going, I've an awful problem, I have this lad drinking me at the moment and it doesn't suit me, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it's yeah. like it, the person's the problem, not yeah. the drink. And and that's and I guess so. There's, with, a, de- there's a deeper exactly. Issue there's a there there. That's be something that's dealt with exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, I have two more questions for you. Go on. Do you have the time? Oh, I do. Yeah. I loved in your you've you've mentioned a word tonight quite a lot, and I'll tell you what it is now in a second. You also mentioned it in Alison Spittle's podcast, and it was um, energy. Yeah. And I just wanted to hear how did you develop that interest in energy and you actually mentioned the phrase to her sur- you surf the energy oh yeah of yeah the crowd right and i used the metaphor of a lake yeah, yeah 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 exactly exactly so you said you could be you were talking about a gig mm. and you said you could be have all the waves going your way and you're surfing up in i think sligo or mayo you said but then all of a sudden you could be in a lake in Calvin. yeah and the only thing and the only where there's no where there's no energy yeah. Uh, there's no wave energy so yeah. the only thing to get the only engine to get you from A to B is your material yeah. is your jokes yeah so yeah. that's why ultimately that's how I say that's why you need jokes to do comedy oh, no absolutely yeah. but I suppose my question is more around I love well I really admire that you notice obviously you mm. notice energy of crowds but I think there's a wider context to this you could like if we didn't have good energy together now yeah. this podcast would be shite 
basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that if we want to surround, if we want to be positive people, and I hate saying that word positive because it, it, it kind of nearly has no meaning anymore, but if we want to be a positive influence on those mm. around us, mm. we have to surround ourselves with people who want that yeah, as well, exactly, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a very important thing. And it, it, it's a skill that people mm. don't realize they have. Like, or it's a choice that people don't realize they have. And a lot of people can be so easily brought down by others yeah. around them. So I would say to people... Well, some people might realize it. No, this is it. They're like passive-aggressive the or, uh, yeah. you know, or indirect punching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they might not realize that they're in a bad place. Yeah, that's so, a very good uh, point. But f- for me in energy, as far as stage energies, like, I was always a high-octane comedian. I'm not as high-octane anymore. Yeah. Uh, Aidan Bishop said to me uh, one time, one night, he gave me advice, and it was great advice. He says to me after a gig, he goes, Yo, man, you got great energy, you just got to channel it right. <laughs> you, got, you, know I mean? you know what I mean? I was, on, I was coming on like a nuclear bomb that was at the top. Uh, you literally and, blew the face off. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I needed to, uh, you know, so what I've learned, and it was that stand up comedy Bible uh, thing, is that uh, I all, anytime I go on stage, uh, for the first, you'll see it for the first 10 seconds I'll take a breath I'll take a nice breath and I'll breathe out and I'll acknowledge the audience before joking that's right do you know what I mean I'll, I'll always go like this no matter how but no matter how big or small uh, uh, the, the gig is yeah. it could be four at an open mic it could be one and a half thousand in Vector Street whatever uh, but I'll always I'll always go hello Vector Street how are we doing how are we keeping and what, what I'm doing there is I'm acknowledging the energies around me. Oh, I'm not yeah. trying to create an energy because yeah. I can't. I yeah. can't come on. From that moment on, you can. You know, you can, yeah. you can kind of manipulate energies uh, through okay. your jokes and through the continuation of it. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> but you have to meet what's there. You have to acknowledge. That's you have to acknowledge. Yeah. And it's, it's telling me how much work I have to do at the top as well. Like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no point if you go on at the top, and yeah. before you even say hello to the audience, yeah. and you, you throw your first joke out there and it doesn't work, you're like, okay, so uh, any couples, you know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you've already got the energy levels wrong. It's really funny that you should that we should be talking about this now because I bumped into Charlotte Regan over mm. at Edinburgh Fringe, and it was Charlie who told me about the stand-up comedy bible. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, was, that's yeah. interesting because he was talking about he had had a difficult gig the previous night, mm. and he was talking about the difference in the energy. Now, maybe he was just plumosomy, I don't know, but he was saying the energy in the room was completely different. Yeah. And, mm. you know, and that happens. I find that that's so just interesting. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And you're not responsible to that. But the main... Or you, you know... You, you just don't know what the energy levels are going yeah. to be and like to be great for the prior comedians before you and then you walk on and like have I said something wrong here have I uh, I fart? You know, exactly yeah 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 <laughs> have I got a like t-shirt going I love being racist on me or something like that you know like what what's going on here make America great again exactly yeah but you work you work with it and uh, yeah. but do you think that you do that in in general life as well uh, I think I do yeah I definitely I don't think uh uh, I mightn't have uh, back in my secondary school days, <laughs> but uh, now you know what I mean. As I've as I've matured, uh, I've I've definitely I've you know I've I'm more relaxed, yeah. and I, I I definitely I enjoy the energies around me. Yeah, yeah. I I, I find secondary school so funny. Like I find it. Uh, I've got loads of things on around my head since we talked about the building talking to you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I like know memories are flooding in for me. Yeah, so. yeah. I'd love to, uh, when you talk about, I, I never laughed as much as I did in secondary school. And it might have been bowed laughter 
It might have been getting into trouble laughter, but I've never... But it was just... It was chaos. It was... I'm not going to say organised chaos. It was chaos. Yeah, exactly. I'll never forget one time... Well, not one time. Many times. Mm. We used to do this... uh, I went to Oatlands College in Dublin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we used to do this thing where somebody would be volunteered to sit at the side underneath the coat rack. Mm. And we'd all put all of our coats on top of them, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... Each person got a chance to do this, and the person that lasted the longest won. But there was one day, there was one day that a guy lasted for three classes in a row because he wanted to win so much. And I'm talking like literally as I'm sitting in front of you here now, Fred, there was 25 coats in front of him. And not one of the teachers turned around and said, why Why haven't you hung your coats up on the rack there? You know, it's that type of chaos that I I adored. Conor McKenna as well told me one from Foil Arms and Hog. He says that that is, you know when lads come in a bit late uh, to a class? Well, I had it worked out that two lads come in late every minute. <laughs> went up, went up for 10 minutes. So they had it timed. That, uh, right, oh, sorry I'm late. And then a minute later, sorry I'm late. And there was two lads each time. Like and it, was, it didn't need, I remember, I said this to Joe Rudy in his podcast, because I, I went to boarding school in Cavan, yeah. and it was wild, it was a bit unhealthy, because just loads of lads, <laughs> you know, like, it wasn't right, but there was crack in it, and uh, one night, uh, it was a study hall, so you know these boarding schools are a bit out, surrounded by trees, yeah. out in the countryside, and yeah. the, the the president come in, he said, there's been maintenance with the fu- and the fuse board, he has to deal with the fuse board, so the electricity is going to go out, yeah. the lights are going to go out for two minutes, yeah. uh, just to let you know. <laughs> that was the biggest mistake ever. Oh man! And then you walked away. So we knew like two hundred lads facing the same direction that the lights were going to go out and the place was going to go black because there was no lights outside. And and uh, and then all of a sudden the place just went black t- for two minutes. It was survival of the fittest. <laughs> it was the funniest. I could. It's I just. Like I could. Oh, lads! Just but there was lads up on their couches with lighters, just singing and just. <laughs> Other lads in the headlocks for no reasons, and other lads just sing and clap down. And I, yeah. I never forget. I couldn't breathe with laughter. I was just honestly, yeah. we're trying to defend myself as well, so I wouldn't well, get yeah, hit. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, and then the lights came back on, and everyone's you know ripped shirts, and and like there's no reason for it. Everyone just returned to their seats and, and sat down. But the headmaster made the biggest mistake ever telling you. Exactly, that exactly. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Oh, that's good. I've got so many. Really nice memories flowing in. Of yeah, yeah. In secondary school as well. It's a great, isn't it? Like that was and amazing. Some of the especially was out as well. That was before drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was before. Uh, and I'm not saying. You know, it sounds like so. You can still have that fun now without it. I'm yeah. not saying that, but it is kind of interesting but, that. Uh, yeah, you can. Though. You can. There's like that's before. Like you know, those we were allowed to drink or want for drink, yeah. and so you just. I don't know if youth today uh, uh, can because we also had boredom. Do you know, yeah. we're kids of the eighties. No phones. No yeah, reasons. exactly. We know we didn't have that influx of information. Yeah. And for me, that's a bit of a worry. Yeah. Uh, I I think you know what I mean, like because boredom is quite a health, healthy thing to have. It's, you it's know, needed. it's funny you should say that now because I'm linking back to what we were talking about earlier. My question for you about Meg said that she pulled back from social media. And she yeah, was able exactly. To bring so many yeah, more things yeah, into her yeah. life. So I think that that's actually quite relevant mm. to wellness. Exactly. I think that we should. Well, I'm certainly. I've already started taking a step back and I'm forcing myself, well not forcing myself, but I'm just writing. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the way you said it. But I'm so motivated to do that even more now after a conversation. Yeah, I just brilliant. Love that, brilliant. You know? yeah. Which you're absolutely spot on about um, the sheer influx of information that 
we're 35 and we're talking about the kids of today. I know, yeah. We're yeah. actually 17 listeners. But I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about like five-year-olds, three-year-olds yeah. uh, who know how to work an iPad and they're oh, watching, yeah. like, you know, which is great. You know, we'd be doing it ourselves if we were five, you know yeah. what I mean? It was just a... Uh, yeah. You know, to quieten your kids, uh, you know, you, you yeah. put them in front of a, a laptop. On, on exactly, the, yeah, iPad. yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, any parent would do it. Like, we had Saturday morning TV for that, you know what I mean? But yeah. we didn't have as much... Well, we, we were kicked outside we the front door and said, come back for your dinner. Exactly, yeah. So we made our own fun, yeah. you know, and I think uh, from that, you know, like a lot of my friends, we still hold on to that element of... Uh, crack for no reason whatsoever like oh, yeah. you know what I mean like it's, it's important it's, to have and like, it's the best ever exactly like you're gonna laugh way more like we've laughed way more now together tonight than if we were sitting beside each other showing each other oh yeah photos yeah or, you know memes on Facebook or whatever mm. we, we'd have a chuckle at them yeah I know what you're saying yeah because we are connecting so much during the recording of this podcast I just feel that there's something very visceral and important about that in terms of wellness yeah you know what I'm saying oh no completely so, yeah I'm as guilty as everybody listening here of being too much on my phone. I'm definitely mm. not saying that I've, you know, reached some point where I can willfully just put it away for a couple mm. of days. But I'm telling you guys, connect with people, make eye contact with people, have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Have a conversation about wellness. But most importantly... Please write a comment on this post about your funniest secondary take, school sometimes stories. Sometimes I take with, you know, like in it, <laughs> I was at an UCD, like that talk week, and I had the t-shirts, and like it's good to talk, and all that, but you know, like, so you'd be sitting in the theatre queue, and it'd be really hot girl beside you, you'd go up to her, how are you doing, are you alright? So it's cold outside. And she'd run away from you and I'm like, well, sorry for talking! You know what I mean? Am like, I in the wrong place? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was that initiative about? Was it about putting your phones away? Or? No, it wasn't. This is pre. This, this is pre, pre mobile phone. It was just about, and you can understand it as well. I know. Because well, people I, weren't talking to each other. Even no, then. it's it's looking after people that mightn't be. It's ah, looking gotcha. after. It's looking after you. for people who might be depressed inside or lonely yeah. to just keep an eye out for those kind of people on campus. Yeah. Uh, and talk to them. You know. So I love that. But like, <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't know who, who's lonely here. Who wants to have a chat with me? You know what I mean? Like. Exactly. Yeah. Gonna raise their hand there. Yeah. It was all before. Uh, it was well meaned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you know you spoke, and um, we'll finish up in the next couple of minutes. But I, you spoke a lot there about the influx of information, and I think that is making people. It's making it more difficult for people to open up. Yeah. On the one hand, but on the other hand, if anybody is suffering, they can, or yeah. if they're lonely, you do get that connection. But mm. it's nothing like what mm. we're doing here now. Exactly. It's nothing like. Picking up the phone and yeah. bringing your friend. I don't. I don't know about Snapchat. Like I can't really get my head around. No, it. I don't know what a Snapchat is. Ten seconds. Is. Ten seconds of little things. Ten seconds. Ten no, seconds. Come on, it's not a con- like it. it's not. Uh, <coughs> I can't deal with it. You know, comedians are reckoning. Probably need to go on Snapchat. You know, it's kind of words. I can't give us out of it. Like no. Twitter, I'm good with Facebook, but yeah. uh, I think Snapchat. You draw the light of Snapchat. I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. And Pinterest. Do. Forget about Pinterest. I don't even know what that. Is. I don't know what Pinterest <laughs> is either. But Tara's always gone on about it. <laughs> So we're going to finish up soon. Um, I just wanted to say a massive thanks. Thank for you so time. much for having me, Dan. I um, so appreciate the fact that you came down here to talk to me tonight about wellness. And I think I, I've said it over and over again. I just want to spread compassion. I want people to talk to each other. I want people mm. to listen to this and maybe think, oh, Fred did that. I'm going to try this. Or Dan, 
did that. I'm going to try this. That's the only goal for the podcast. As your uh, father's favourite movie said, uh, it is a wonderful life. Yeah. You know and same man, send me a message on Facebook as well. Like, yeah. And we for chats. Like. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll have mm. a coffee. But we do need, I do need to ask you the, the golden question. And it's what is, what does wellness mean to you? Wellness means to me that, oh God, after all, after talking about it for a whole hour, yeah. uh, what does wellness mean to me? It means having, having peace of mind in the immediate moment. That's it. That's perfect, man. Mm. We'll have a coffee soon. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, buddy. Cheers.